It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Stay in front. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday, and it's going to be a really nice looking week out there. I mean, just weather wise, this is going to be just a gorgeous week. Let me see. Uh, okay. No, uh, I'm just chatting with Miss Mary here. No one here besides me. That should be a song, Miss Mary. No one here besides me. I'll tell you guys about it a little bit later. Hey, remember those electric buses? That were purchased by Teton County slash Jackson Hole that didn't work and the company went out of business. Okay, I've got news for you on this. This is an update that's not going to surprise you at all. But first, trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Miss Mary, just let me know that uh, I'm all alone is actually a song that's from Shrek. I had no idea. Again, I'll explain what she and I are talking about maybe a little bit later from now. Okay, this is not a surprising story. Let's go back. For those who don't remember, because you may not have been really around or paying attention to politics at the time, we'll go to the Obama administration. Now, what I'm about to explain is not the first time this has ever happened in politics, but it's a more recent example. Obama wants to get us all on wind and solar power. So there's a whole bunch of money that we borrowed from the loan sharks in China, the United States government, that will be dumped on future generations. And that money was supposed to go to what what the president called at the time, Obama called, shovel-ready jobs, which it turned out really didn't do anything. Shovel-ready jobs did not have an impact on the economy, and most of the money just disappeared into the political ether. One such company was called Solyndra. Would be one of the most famous examples. Solyndra is a company that was supposed to make solar panels. Now, it turns out the CEO of the company and several other people who worked in the company were big Obama supporters and donors. They raised a lot of money and donated a lot of their own money to the Obama campaign. So they get a whole bunch of money, funny how that works, to open up Solyndra. Solyndra goes bankrupt, having produced nothing. But don't worry, because Obama's friends all got jobs for the Obama administration or even got more money to open up other companies. Now, you would think we would have learned something, and that was not the only example. Solyndra was the most famous example. There were many other companies that got just piles of money from the Obama administration and went bankrupt. All right, now here we are, Biden administration. 
So Biden wants, he's here again, he says he reduced the deficit. He did not. He increased it massively. And a bunch of the money that he borrowed and printed and so on, he sent to some of his own cronies to start companies. Including one that's an electric bus manufacturer. Or I should say was an electric bus manufacturer. This electric bus manufacturer sold eight buses to Jackson Hole slash Teton County because they wanted electric buses they thought, which were green and sustainable, I've talked about before, they're not. They thought the buses are zero emissions, which they can't be when they're charged with coal and natural gas power plants. So they're not zero emissions either. Those buses arrived in Teton County and Jackson Hole, a great fanfare, and they don't work. So you would think they would be under warranty, but the problem is the company has gone bankrupt. And the company was heavily financed by the Biden administration. In fact, President Biden did a video chat with the company when they first opened. All sorts of praise for the company. Lauded how wonderful they were and said he was going to go visit them at some point. Well, the company's bankrupt now. That's the same company, again, that sold those buses to Teton and Jackson Hole. But don't you worry, because the CEO of that company works for the Biden administration. I'm, no, I know you're not surprised. Here's the story. Uh, Greth Joyce, CEO and board member of the former California-based electric bus maker, continues to serve on a top White House counsel advising President Biden on trade policy even after his company filed for bankruptcy. Our own Senator John Barrasso has called for his removal. And Barrasso, I like Barrasso's statement on this. Mr. President, it is evident that the promotion and favoritism towards... Proterra, which is the name of the company, have resulted in significant losses for taxpayers and investors, including those in my home state of Wyoming. The bankruptcy of Proterra, despite the administration's support, raises serious questions about the reasoning behind these endorsements. By uh, Again, Barrasso wrote, the American people deserve accountability and transparency in matters of public policy and business of the President of the United States and his cabinet officials who they choose to promote. So, once again, don't you worry. It's okay. Everything will be fine, folks. The CEO of the company still works for the Biden administration, still advises the Biden administration, despite going bankrupt with all of the money that the taxpayers are going to have to pay back. And Jackson Hole and Teton County are sitting on these buses now with currently, unless some other company can come along and help them out, they're just useless, just sitting there. There's nothing they can do with them. They don't work and there's no one who can fix them currently. Maybe something will change later on, but not right now. But I would think don't worry because at some point this guy, the CEO of the company, is going to end up with another nice contract from the Biden administration. I'm just going by what happened with Solyndra and other companies like that. 
The guy's in with the Biden administration. So what if the company went bankrupt and really didn't produce anything? Despite all of the great talk about how wonderful all of this was going to be, they didn't produce anything. In fact, let me see if I can find. I did have this called up a little while ago, and I dismissed it. But I think maybe this is not such a, a bad idea to go into it. Teton County was touting the whole idea of sustainability and electric buses and how wonderful this was going to be. And, of course, none of it worked out for them. As I could have told them, it wasn't going to. But when people buy into the idea of these are green buses and sustainability and zero emissions and et cetera, et cetera, that means they bought into a multitude of lies, especially when those lies are heavily subsidized by the president's well, the president's heavily subsidizing these cronies. It's not going to end well. It rarely does end well. So, of course, it fell apart for him. But don't worry. You, the taxpayers, have plenty of money out there, right? I'll go look up what Teton County put out because they put out a video talking about how wonderful these buses were going to be. 615, Wake Up Wyoming. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six point two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So if you're just joining me, here's the story that I'm on about. So those electric buses that were sold to Teton, Jackson, Wyoming, that turned out to not work at all. Okay. Company went bankrupt, so there's nobody to fix them. <clears throat> and it looks like Jackson and Teton County are stuck with the buses. This was supposed to be a great alternative. Don't worry. The CEO of the company is still employed as an advisor for the Biden administration. So you wonder how he got all that money and, and walked away with pockets full of money. I mean, I wonder how much he got paid as the CEO, paid himself as the CEO to the company. Yeah. And it's okay that it all went bankrupt and bust and they produced nothing. That's okay. Just a lot of buses that can't drive. They, they're broken. They're all broken. Don't worry about it because he'll still work for the Biden administration, and they'll probably give him more money to open up some other company, which is usually what happens. So let's go back to when Teton County was touting that they were going to get these electric buses. Let's take a look at just some of the – this is basically propaganda from Teton County and Jackson. But they thought they were doing something wonderful. But let's listen to some of the lies that they bought into. Welcome to Bus Driver Life. I'm a bus driver. I'm just getting off work. But let me show you something real quick. I think it'll be quick. So he's wearing bus driver hoodie. We've got these two Proterra battery electric buses that we got back in 2019. And they're just sitting here. I'm not sure exactly what happened. Yeah, they don't work. I'm not sure why they are not being used anymore. We only had five of them. So two of them are down. So now I guess we just have three of them that are currently in service. Uh-huh. And they're only using them on one route. And I was never trained on one. But look, that door is open. Let's go look on the inside. Yeah, so this, um, none of these buses work. They got a total of eight altogether. any bugs in here or anything. Okay. The whole bus is just sitting there and just falling apart. Okay. We'll get into the propaganda the portion either. of this in just a bit. Right now, this bus driver is giving release. us a tour. Emergency door, brake cover, turn knob, pull door. So, yeah, look at this. Yeah, all wow. this wiring, showing us all this wiring up above. I wonder what happened. 
The whole other door is gone. They've been cannibalized for some reason. Okay, let's skip ahead. Sat in the driver. Oh. And look at this. Bus drivers carry no cash or tokens. Uh-huh. Expose your time. Okay, well, he continues to give that tour. I want to go back to the part. There we go. And this so is this the is the one from right Jackson, away. Wyoming. The propaganda piece they put out. It's called the START program. But, of course, they got to give it a positive name. The mission of name. START is very simply we transport people. Our vision of that is we want to transport people safely, efficiently, and as environmentally friendly, if you will, uh, as possible. Well, you're not going to get that. 65% of the carbon produced in Teton County is transportation related. So START obviously has a critical role in helping us with climate change goals. Okay, the climate change goal. You can see what they're buying into. All of this carbon being, CO2 is not a pollutant, but also all you're doing is moving the CO2 production down the line to the coal-fired power plant that charges the bus. So the starboard set a goal of um, moving towards 40% of our fleet being electric by the year 2022, and these new eight Proterra electric buses get us work. much closer to that goal. The introduction of electric buses to the town of Jackson, Teton County, and the start bus fleet is incredibly important. It sets the tone that the the community is invested in values, conservation, and sustainability, which is... Uh-huh. Gotta say sustainability. You have and to toss so that the in the timing was just right when uh, START was available to apply for the Department of Transportation's low-no grant funding program, and we are so excited for them that they were funded. Yes, yeah, by the, the federal government, which means the, the charging stations that we put in, approximately a million dollars. But the beauty is, over the 12-year life of this bus, it's cheaper than me buying a diesel-powered bus at $500,000, paying the maintenance, fuel, and operation over the next 12 years. We actually save money. How does that work? In order out, to consider to have battery-powered buses, you have to have an infrastructure that, that is able to handle uh, and operate those vehicles. You need a charging capability and charging stations uh, in order to, in essence, very simply to plug a bus in and charge up the batteries. So the first thing we had to do is purchase our battery chargers. We're fortunate that our utility, Lower Valley Energy, provides its customers with choice about where their energy comes from. So the town of Jackson... Okay, hang on. So they're concerned about where their energy comes from. So it's either going to come from diesel or the coal power plant up the road. Okay, I get it. Teton County and Start Bus have all committed to purchasing 100% of their electricity from local renewable green power resources. And that's not going to happen because that's not where your electricity is coming from. But moving on. So this facility in and of itself runs on water from local hydroelectric production. We'll go ahead and ignore the coal power plant up the road. So you see what's going on here. We decided to produce our uh, just by the electricity that comes from the hydro plant up the road. Once all the electricity gets into the grid, it's all sort of a mix. It's wind electricity, it's hydro, it's solar electricity, but it's also primarily coal and natural gas. Primarily. That's where most of the electricity is coming from. So this guy's dreaming if he thinks, well, we're just getting all of our electricity from the hydroelectric plant up the road here. No, he's not. Unless they find a way to plug in some wiring directly to that plant, there's no way that they can do that. 
So once again, the people there bought into a whole series of lies. But then we find out, again, the CEO of the company, of this bankrupt company, still works for the Biden administration as an advisor. Don't worry, he'll be fine. He walks away with millions of dollars in his pocket. And will probably get another gig just like this. So he'll be fine. The rest of us are on the hook for all of that money. Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six thirty-six. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay. Um, if you're just joining me. So I just got through, and I'll touch on it for those people who join us later in the morning, the story of the electric bus company, the CEO of that company that sold buses to Jackson, Teton County, that were supposed to be all electric buses that don't work. There's eight buses. They don't work at all. And the company's gone bankrupt, so there's nobody to fix them. What a waste of money that was going to be for something that was never going to be green, clean, affordable, reliable, sustainable, or zero emissions. And the CEO of the company is an advisor for the Biden administration. Senator Barrasso is calling for his removal. He's not going anywhere. And, of course, he's going to end up getting another gig for a bunch of, you know, taxpayer money to open up some other company. That's what usually happens. Anyway, Get a load of this story. From Wyoming Public Media, which means we have to watch the story because it's going to have absurd bias in it. But, okay. A brewery in Mountain West is gathering with climate organizers. On a tree-themed beer with the goal of saving trees. Hold on. Before I go further with this here, I understand their hearts are in the right place. They want to do something good, something right, with the goal of saving trees. Okay. Way back when, before we had electric power, let's just take – we can take Europe too and Asian countries. Here in North America – We were cutting down trees like crazy. We used it for everything. To build our homes, of course, but to warm our homes, to cook our food, et cetera, et cetera. We used wood for all sorts of things. So we had to clear wood in order to plant farms and so on. Boy, did we cut down a lot of trees. Up and down the East Coast, most of the mountains from Maine on down were just clear cut. I mean, we we weren't planting anything back. We cut so, so many trees down. But then electricity came along, coal power. And because of that, we don't need to cut down trees like this anymore. Also because of farming techniques with petroleum products, herbicides, pesticides, and so on. We can produce a hell of a lot more food on much less land. Now when you go up and down the East Coast and other parts of North America, take a look at how many trees there are. Not only have they come back on their own, but we've planted a lot more, a lot more. If you go down to South America and take a look at the jungles, as they call them, the rainforest down there. Actually, a lot of what's been cut down has been cut down in order to get at the materials necessary 
to make your wind and solar power. I've covered that in the past, too, and that's a very toxic process. But overall, though, the canopy that are the rainforests down there, as they call them, grow back quickly once we leave it alone. So we're not – there's no need to save the trees. We already did it when we started using coal and natural gas to make electricity. And that coal and natural gas, which pumps CO2 into the air, helps those trees to grow because CO2 is basically airborne plant food. But let's read on. Mountain Tap Brewery, Steamboat Springs, has made an IPM with Southern Colorado spruce tips. A tiny fresh blood growing tree uh, that grows on the tree. The owners say it's a medium to full body beer. That is not too bitter and has a strong spruce aroma. It's not an overly, it's not an over the top IPA, they say, so it really allows the spruce to shine through. I don't know much about beer, but okay. Um, every dollar per, to purchase one of those will go toward the Yampa Valley Sustainability Council. There you go. There's that word again. Got to throw out sustainability. When you say the buzzwords, you're cool. You're good. Life is good. Just make sure to throw out the buzzwords. So they're Yapa Valley Sustainability Council. Nonprofit geared toward climate action and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. One of the council's main projects is retree. Well, again, that's already happening anyway. Even when we go out and cut down trees for what we do today, we either will thin the trees, which helps younger trees to come back up, but also... Those companies that cut down trees replant trees at the same time. So they don't need to save the trees. It's not necessary. I will give them credit for this. Here in Wyoming, the governor and I had a polite conversation about it here on the air. He and I disagree. The governor's getting Wyoming into all of these carbon capture projects, which is a massive waste of time and money. No, we don't need to save the trees. Trees are doing just fine. But it is a good idea if CO2 is bothersome to you. Trees, grasses, bushes, the more that's growing out there, the more CO2 they naturally absorb. Nature absorbs its own. So for those people who do worry that they actually think CO2 is a pollutant, mistakenly so, they can go ahead and engage in carbon capture by planting trees. That will certainly help. Just keep in mind, the trees are not in danger. We have more trees in North America now than we did in the year 1900. That you can go look up. 642, wake up. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. Six forty-eight is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Good weekend, Frank. That was a. Uh, what did I do? Um, uh, I don't know what. Oh, I know what I did. Yeah, I was in Friday. I was in Buffalo. Okay. For cross country. Right. Friday I was also in Dayton. Right. Wyoming. Okay. And then Saturday, watched the Cowboy game. Sure. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So what it was it just that they were meeting a team better than them or they just didn't they, perform? They, they probably a little bit of both. I mean, okay. they didn't the Cowboys didn't have to be perfect, but yeah. they made too many mistakes 
to win. Okay. You know, and they, they were right there. They had them. They had them. They had the Air Force. They had them. So they, there's a lot of things they'll probably be kicking themselves this week. Uh, but then again, they'll, they'll have this this weekend off. But And it's not the end of the world by any stretch, you know, okay. because since the Mountain West went to no divisions, it's just one big group. The top two teams, no matter what, play for the conference championship. Wyoming's right there. Okay. You know? Judge it. Put Wyoming out of a bowl game? No, 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 good no, there. no, 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 they'll, they'll be in a bowl game. All I have to do is win one more game for the oh, rest of the way. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they'll be in a game. Well, who do they have next? Uh, they have Boise State in two weeks. Okay. Good with Boise? Uh, Boise is not exactly the Boise we've been used to, which is a good thing. Okay. They may be on a little bit of a downward slide. Okay, However, you have, to, be you have to beat thing. them yeah. there. Yes. And that's the trick. Oh, okay. So it's going to be Boise's going to have the home field advantage. Correct on their and on, on their on their blue turf. Yes. Yeah, boy. Blue turf. Blue. Why? Okay. It's, so it's fake. Right. Okay. But it's blue. Does that cause rug burns when they? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, you know, and some of those when it's real hot. Yeah. It radiates heat. You oh. can see it. Oh. It won't be that. It won't be that way. In, you know, in two weeks in Boise, but you know. Okay. There, there's still a lot to play for. Uh, okay. Remember, okay. always take Wyoming in the points. Okay. Always. So, so Wyoming overall, though, it sounds to me like they've done not bad. No, no, they didn't, no. They're 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 above average for sure. Oh, it's, okay. Oh, yeah. That's they're, a good thing that they're above yeah, average they're, they're, for they're, sure. They're five and two. Yeah. Okay. You just sounded so disappointed at the beginning. Of well, it. no, I just oh, they had them in this game. It is a tough loss for the Wyoming Cowboys. Air Force prevailed 34-27 in Colorado Springs on Saturday night. Cowboys uh, just let the Falcons fly away after UW led 14 to nothing at one point in the first quarter thanks to a one-yard run from Andrew Peasley and a TD catch from Wyatt Whelan. Air Force clawed their way back into the game and trailed 21-7 at halftime and the Cowboys had a rough go of an off on offense in the second half with just six points and then Air Force's running game just sawed some wood and just gouged the poke defense, chewed some clock and with the game tied at 27 with just over two minutes to go, John Lee Eldridge reeled off a 58-yard run for a touchdown to give the Falcons a 34-27 lead, and that, that's what they do. Wyoming proceeded to turn the ball over on downs, and that was that. Cowboys dropped the 5-2 and two overall, 2-1 two and one in Mountain West play. The Academy 6-0 and oh overall, 4-0 oh in the league. UW has the week off, and they'll be at Boise State a week from Saturday. High school football, one more regular season week to go than the playoffs, and the playoff picture getting uh, a little bit more with, with more clarity now. In 4A back on Friday, Sheridan drilled the Toronto 42-7, so Sheridan will be the number one seed in the 4A playoffs. The Toronto could be 3 or 4 or five, depending on what happens this week. Cheyenne East is the number two seed in the 4A playoffs after a 76-13 win over Cheyenne South. South will not make the postseason. Neither will Laramie. They lost to Rock Springs 21-14. Kelly Walsh lost to Thunder Basin 57-12. The Trojans will be the eighth seed in the playoffs. Campbell County beat Cheyenne Central in overtime 21-20. So Central will be the sixth or the seventh seed. Campbell County will either be three, four, or five. In 2A, Glen Rock will not make the playoffs. They lost to Newcastle 35-13. Neither will Burns. They lost to Wheatland 54 nothing and won a nine-man Pine Bluffs loss for the first time this year. They were beaten by Lingo Fort Laramie 31-30 in overtime and won a six-man Midwest will not make the playoffs. They lost to Matitzi 74-31. Neither will Casper Christian, who lost to Encampment 76-24. KC will be in the playoffs after a 93-62 win over Hewlett. High school volleyball first on Friday. Laramie over Natrona 3-0. Kelly Walsh beat Riverton. Campbell County over East. Thunder Basin over Central. Cheyenne South over uh, Sheridan over Cheyenne South. All in straight sets. 
On Saturday, Laramie over Sheridan, the Trona beat South, Thunder Basin over Eastern, Campbell County over Central, all of those in straight sets. Major League Baseball, Texas beat Houston yesterday 2-0 in Game 1 of the American League Championship Series with Game 2 today and Game 2 uh, of Game 1 tonight in the National League Championship Series as Philadelphia will play Arizona. That's it in We're going to have a real tough week when it comes to talking, well, I am anyway, talking to Don Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, the weather, it, it, I could say what the weather in Casper was yesterday. Yeah. Perfect, yes. And the whole week is going to be just really nice. Excellent. Now, if we have a whole week of really nice weather, Don's going to get bored. Well, no, no. This is what happens. Yeah. When there's a, for every good thing that happens to you, uh huh, you pay for it later. Oh, I okay. But what do I do? I have to deal with Don Day for an entire week when he has nothing to talk about. Oh, he can talk about Cowboy great. football. He's a Cowboy big man. Football, sure. something like yeah, that? Yeah. Okay, I'll see if I can bring up football or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so what do you think of those there. folks? You know? Is there any way, anywhere in, in the world, Don, that's having bad weather? Would you like to talk about yeah, them for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. No, really, the weather is just going to be stunning this week. So, coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Monday. It's going to be a gorgeous week. I was mentioning to Frank Campino last hour. It's going to be very difficult talking to Don Day this week. The weather's just going to be so nice all week long that he's going to get bored. If there was ever a time for him to take a vacation, it would be about now. So just enjoy the nice, cool weather while you can. It's going to be cool fall-like, as you just heard. With the forecast, the occasional breezy day, but not windy. That's just going to be nice. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So, a local environmental group here in Wyoming is suing the Bureau of Land Management over their approval of a wind power transmission line in Albany County. Now, I'm noticing as I read this, but there's something that they failed to mention. As I continue to read this, you might catch on. So they, they're going to sue over the transmission line. The lawsuit claims that damage has occurred to environment, wildlife, and cultural and scenic aspects of the lands of the Rock Creek Windjan uh, Tide Transmission Line site. There, there were people last week asking, where are the power lines that go from these wind turbines out? And, and they exist. This is one of these power line systems being built. So the claim is numerous bald eagles have died in direct correlation to the transmission lines. Have you picked out yet what they haven't mentioned? I bet most of you have, but let me read on. The Rock Creek transmission line is on BLM land. And both Albany and Carbon Counties, which will connect the proposed commercial-scale Rock Creek Wind Project to Gateway South and Gateway West multi-state transmission lines. Albany County and Lockhart Retired Fish and Wildlife Service biologists are claiming that the environmental assessment did not sufficiently take into account the National Environmental Policy's mission to encourage environmentally conscious decision-making. 
I'm still waiting for them to mention the one thing that they haven't mentioned yet in all of this. Because they're worried that the transmission lines, is all of those transmission lines will kill bald eagles. Hang on. And it names field managers and other people in the lawsuit. The case states that the group uh, makes the decisions by considering the voices of those who will be most impacted, primarily local stakeholders by energy products. It states, quote, here, however, BLM decided that stakeholders' view did not matter. BLM chooses instead to conduct its reviews of the project in secret without any public notice or input whatsoever, despite explicit and repeated requests from the public to participate. So the Albany County Conservation is a nonprofit with hundreds of members at its headquarters in Laramie. The organization works to protect and preserve, they say, open spaces of Albany County through community outreach and education efforts and so on. Uh, and the group certainly appreciates and encourages sustainable energy. Of course, there's nothing sustainable about this energy, but okay. But wants these projects to coexist with local habitat. The legal violations alleged in the petition directly to the BLM conduct, uh, they've con- they cause continue and cause to create injury to the aesthetic, conservation, scientific, educational, historic, cultural, and wildlife in the area. See, what I went through all of that and read, but I didn't see, because they're complaining about the power lines. Okay. What about the wind turbines themselves? Well, let's go back and just replace power line with wind turbine. The lawsuit claims that damage has occurred to the environment, wildlife, cultural, and scenic aspects of the land, of which Rock Creek wind generation uh, wind turbines instead of transmission sites, wind turbines. They've, that has killed uh, numerous bald eagles in direct correlation with those wind turbines. See, it's a, it keeps saying power lines, and okay, if you think the power lines are killing off bald eagles and causing all of this other harm, wildlife, cultural, scenic, et cetera, et cetera, then let's have a lawsuit against the wind turbines themselves. Unless they've done that, and I didn't know it, I know that there have been a lot of lawsuits out in this particular area. This one specifically is about the power lines. But I still want to go back and say, and what about the wind turbines? Because if this group can file this lawsuit and win based on the power lines, then they should be able to go back and say, and while you're at it, those wind turbines are worse than the power lines. Because the wind turbines affect all of those things. Environment, wildlife, culture, scenic aspects. Okay. Look at all the dead birds out here. Yeah, well, um, if the dead birds are caused in part by the power lines, then what are the wind turbines doing? Anyway, okay, so it is good to see, I think, and I want to see more of this. Uh, when anybody tries to put up as you know, natural gas or oil wells, something like that. There's many multiple lawsuits, one after the next, for all of the reasons just stated there. Well, if you're going to go and put up wind, if you're going to put up uh, coal, natural gas, and oil projects out there across the fruited plain, right away environmental groups jump in and say, hey, look at the damage you're doing here. 
Okay, if that's truly what you believe, then where are you guys on wind and solar? Now, there was a gentleman, I was in Cheyenne, and a gentleman approached me and said, if you really want to see something that's just going to really, I mean, you're, you're going to hate it. He said, drive south, get on the back highway, and let me double check here what the uh, which highway he's talking about. But he said, get on the back highway, head toward Colorado. And as you head down that way, you're going to hit a solar farm. He said, it's just, it's huge. It's just absolutely huge. Not 25. Highway 85. Okay. So, yeah, get on um, Highway 85 and just start heading south of Cheyenne. A lot of people think of that as South Greeley Highway. That's another name for it. And as you head down that way, you're going to see this massive solar farm. Now, we've talked about this before. Not only does it get covered in a whole lot of dirt and dust all the time, but you have to constantly keep it clean. You know what your car looks like in no time at all around here, when the wind gets blowing especially. But then think about how much land that covers up. If you're going to have a huge solar farm, you're covering up how much land, which does how much harm to wildlife in the area. Okay. So for the environmental groups out there that want to sue over coal and gas and oil, any one of those extraction projects out there in the prairie somewhere, then I would like to see and hear the same kind of outrage when it comes to wind and solar, which we don't. They just sort of skip that. So the power line lawsuit is one that pops up in my head as, okay, if you really think that these power lines are causing that much environmental damage and killing birds like crazy, then where are you on the wind turbines themselves? I'm waiting for those lawsuits. Haven't heard them yet. But I'm waiting on those lawsuits from environmental groups. Well, in this at, at this case, what do you think? It's self-denial, hypocrisy, little both. 7.15, wake up. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Seven twenty is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. All right, phone number to get involved: triple eight ninety seven Woods eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Complete change of topic here. This is something entirely different. Okay, so there's a meme that I just saw, and the guy writes: publish a study that finds red meat isn't killing you, and everybody gets mad. And Harvard University responds. But put this on the shelves at your grocery store or Target. And nobody says a word. So what I'm looking at is it's a bottle of pancake syrup. And it shows Captain Crunch on it. Now, the pancake syrup is colored blue. Captain Crunch's blue ocean or ocean blue. Artificial maple syrup. Actually, it says artificial maple flavored syrup. Okay. Hold on a second now. Let's take a look at what we're doing here. I'm going to read this again. Make sure I get it right. It's a bottle of pancake syrup. The bottle is blue, but also the syrup inside is blue. Picture of Captain Crunch smiling. Captain Crunch's Ocean Blue Artificially Flavored Maple Syrup. 
Hmm. <clears throat> wow, that's that just sounds like it's really good for the kids. Now, if you wonder today why so many kids are overweight, I started wondering that even when I was a kid, because my my family, well, my parents would buy this stuff now and then, but not often. We could get um, Lucky Charms, you know, the cereal with the little marshmallows in it, you know, stuff. Captain Crunch now and then, you know. But we didn't have a ton of that around now, but we would get it once in a while. And, but I started wondering, even at a very young age, aren't we eating a lot of stuff that's just not very healthy here? This is basically sugar. It's just, um, if you want to call it white bread that we're putting sugar on, it's technically what we're eating, especially when you're eating just regular pancakes. Regular pancakes really don't have a whole lot of nutritional value. You know, it's just white bread and you're pouring sugar on top. I mean, that's it. You know, you're not really getting nutrition out of it. You're getting calories and carbs. If you're looking to lose weight, don't eat that kind of stuff. You, we're looking for something that's good for you. You want something entirely different. Same thing with, I mean, I want to eat waffles. Waffles are the same thing. Okay, same idea. You're not exactly having something that it tastes great. It certainly tastes great. But nutritionally, you're not really getting much nutrition out of it. It's carbs and calories, right? Now, next to that is a Mrs. Buttersworth syrup. So this one, I don't know when the picture was taken, but it's still got the Mrs. Butterworth character on there. But the syrup bottle is red. So Mrs. Butterworth is red. It's made by Post. So Post Fruity Pebbles flavored syrup. So eventually, uh, well, essentially, I should say, you're just pouring sugar water on top of this white bread that you made at home out of just like some flour. Maybe there's a little bit of eggs in there or whatever. Depends on what kind you get. You can get instant pancakes. They don't even take that, you know. Add a little milk or even just water to some. Depends on what kind of pancake mix you get. But again, I'm looking at this thinking, okay, calories and carbs. Hmm. This is a lot like also when people will have uh, donuts for breakfast. I'm not saying you can't enjoy your occasional treat, but that's not really a breakfast. That's just, you know, calories and carbs and often called empty calories. But let's go back to the meme that this guy writes because I think he's absolutely correct about that. If you published a study that found red meat isn't killing you, it's actually good for you, watch people get mad at you. In Harvard University, we get really upset. And people will fact check you. And let's put that in air quotes, fact check, you know. Why, red meat is horrible, you shouldn't be eating, but go ahead and hand that to your kid and see what they say. Right. Then you got to wonder if that's what they're eating for breakfast, what are the kids eating for lunch? Are they snacking in between? The number of times I see people just during the course of a day that I see people all around me, all over, it doesn't matter if I'm at home or work or wherever else, people are snacking on potato chips, stuff like this, you know, and I'm thinking, okay. Now, as I walk around today, I notice that Americans have gotten really big. I mean, really. Not, we're not just a little bit overweight. Man, we got really big. So I take a look at this and I think, so what are we eating for breakfast? What are we snacking on in between? What's for lunch? Let's take a look at our portion size here. But most of what we're eating is junk anyway. It's easy. It's fast to grab and eat. But it's not really nutritious for us in any way. Now, let's go back to 
eating the way we did long before all of this processed garbage came up. And this is back when people really did have a meat and potatoes kind of a diet. You know, when breakfast would have been like uh, eggs and sausage, you know, if you had to- if you had bread, it would have been real bread. Not a lot of the stuff you buy in the grocery stores today that's just garbage bread. But I mean, it would have been like real nutritious wheat, grains, good bread. If you want to buy some bread that's full with really good, wholesome grains in it, which is what we should have been eating when we ate bread in the, in the first place, something that had that kind of nutritional value to it that was good. And then take a look at how thin people work back then. And it wasn't just because they were eating nutritious, not processed foods. But it was because we also had very active lifestyles. where We were busy all the time. So there was very little time just to sit on our butts all day, which is what we tend to do, and then just snack all day. So let's go back to where I began with all of this and our kids. So here we have kids that don't get out and run around and play all that much. We give them all this kind of junk for breakfast. And then when they do have, when they do go to school, they're sitting around all day, except for when they go to the gym. But, you know, the phys ed class isn't like it used to be. And then when they go back home, when they're done at the end of the day, they tend to be back inside sitting around again. And let, except for you parents who have your kids out active in sports and so on, most of these kids are still sitting around. And besides playing video games and on the internet and so on, they're snacking on stuff like this. So you can see, you know, go back to again, where did they start during their day? How much did they eat? Did they eat anything that was actually good for them? But when you do tell people to eat something that's actually good for them, hey, have your eggs. You know, have some meat. Here come the vegans. Have your whole grains, drink some milk. Here here come the vegans again. Oh, you can't eat all that kind of stuff. Well, it's a hell of a lot better than what we have been feeding our kids, which have been getting bigger and more out of shape than ever before, or for that matter, what people are feeding themselves, which is incredibly unhealthy. So I thought of all of that. I know there's a big sidetrack here from what I was talking about earlier, but I thought of all of that just because... I grabbed a hold of just a moment ago as I was just looking to see what was being talked about on social media. Someone had posted that, and I'm looking at it and thought, I have never really stopped to see. Maybe next time I go to the grocery store, because I don't usually go up there. I'll go up the aisle, up and down different aisles, just to see what's in the kids' aisle. What are people grabbing for food these days? I have on occasion, when I've gone to check out at the grocery store, glanced over to see what other people have in their shopping carts, and oftentimes thought, well, you might want to get something in that cart that's actually good for you because you don't have anything in there that's good for you in the least. Honestly, you don't. All right, I'll get on to other stuff. That just sort of struck me again during the last news and information break you guys were listening to. Coming up on some local news, right after local news update on your weather forecast. Now, Don Day joins me at 745. We're going to talk about this week's weather, which for the most part is so nice. Don Day is going to be bored this week. So I'll see if I can get him to talk about weather in some other part of the world that's really lousy. Maybe that'll make him feel better. We'll talk We'll talk him through this in that segment at 745. Just wake up, Wayne.
in front. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. So, Wyoming has joined twenty-seven state attorneys general in the feds' catch and release program. Basically, their southern border. The numbers are overwhelming, but not really all that surprising to me. Wyoming's attorney general. There's twenty-six states that were were the twenty-seventh. Join Florida's attorney Moody. Demanding that the Biden administration and Department of Homeland Security, quote, fix the problem you created. Currently exploiting to implement its mass release policy in the southwestern border. Now, when I was putting this story together for you this morning, one of the things I found out that did kind of get me. Again, I'm not surprised, but the number is kind of overwhelming. So let's say someone comes across the border illegally. They didn't disappear like so many did. They were captured which means they have to have a day in court, okay? But, of course, the courts are overwhelmed. So what they do is they hand people notices. You are to come back here and report to court at this date at this time. Now, with all of the people who have crossed the border, you can imagine that that list keeps getting pushed farther and farther out. So just for a moment, try to imagine... If you cross the border as an illegal right now and you were handed a ticket of when to report to court for your court date, how far out do you think it would be? Weeks? Months? Years? If you said years, you're on the right track. How many years? Up to 15. Up to 15 years out. So essentially what they're saying to you is 15 years from now, be back here at this court at this time for your arraignment because you're in this country illegally. Now, with that much time passing, are you really even going to bother? Because by then, they've forgotten all about you. There's no way this is too over. The system is so completely overwhelmed. There's absolutely no way they're even going to know that you're in the country illegally anymore. So the coalition of states, including Wyoming, has argued catch and release at the southern borders is not only unlawful, is first and most important reason for granting the petition they're asking Department of Homeland Security to finally take this seriously. I don't know. And this is a statement which really doesn't do a whole lot other than letting everybody know that, hey, we're displeased. Biden administration's intentionally dismantling border security has resulted and more than 7 million inadmissible immigrants entering the U.S., they say in their statement. And that could be higher than, than that. could be like 8 million. Again, we have a system that's completely overwhelmed here at this point. So it's nice to see, okay, there's a letter of displeasure that's sent, and it's making a demand of the Department of Homeland Security, 27 states, again, including Wyoming, 
making a demand that the Department of Homeland Security do something about this. Because this is not what the law says. The law states clearly that they're supposed to be doing something entirely different than what they're doing right now. So, in fact, what the what the request is, I guess, the demand is from these states is do your job. Actually implement the law the way it was written. Actually do your job rather than this whole catch and release thing, which isn't working. Obviously, we have a system so overwhelmed. It's to the point where, I mean, it's ridiculous to even think. So you be back here 15 years from now for your court date. Would anybody even bother? Now, I know you don't need any examples on this, but I can even go ahead and throw out an example and say, imagine you were shoplifting. I can pick a bigger crime than that, but you were caught shoplifting. We'll say it was even something expensive just for the fun of it. And you were caught, but the courts are overwhelmed. So instead, they give you a ticket. You need to be back here to take care of that shoplifting charge in 15 years. Now, in 15 years, are you even going to remember that you were arrested for shoplifting something? You might. Some people would have forgotten it. And with the court system so incredibly overwhelmed, is the court system even going to acknowledge or remember that you were ever there? You got lost in the shuffle, lost in the paperwork. There's absolutely no way they will. 742, wake up Wyoming. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 745 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Uh, Don, I honestly, I took a look at how nice the weather is going to be for this entire week. And I thought maybe I should go somewhere else on the planet and find some bad weather for you to talk about to make you feel better. <laughs> well, uh, that would be fun. I, I, I have a lot of yeah. places we could send you. So. Yeah. No, not send me. No, 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 no. I just wanted to make sure that there was some bad weather for you to talk about. Because this whole week is so nice, I don't know what you're going to do with yourself. Do you want to take a vacation? Well, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's just gorgeous yeah. out there. I mean, I don't it see is. a single bad day. Yeah, the only thing we can nitpick about is the wind. It is going to get a little windy tomorrow and Wednesday, so there's that. It won't be, by our standards, anything bad, but, like, again, yeah. I'm, I'm nitpicking. Right. Um, and Wednesday will be a few degrees cooler, but all the bad weather in the in the North American continent is going up over and around us for this week and for this week only. I, I certainly see the, the writings on the wall that changes are coming next week up through the end of the month that takes us through the Halloween period into early November. So, uh, this is something to take advantage of, whether it's to, uh, get that lawn mowed one more time, get the sprinkler system put to bed. If that's not done yet, uh, we're giving you five to seven days to take care of those things. Um, so you have no excuse. Yeah. Next I'm, week, if your sprinklers freeze. Yeah. Now the sprinklers, I can imagine taking care of. I'm sort of done with the whole lawnmower thing. I just let it do what it does after that. So next week, now you do have something to focus on. Now, when you're talking changes, though, it didn't seem like you were talking about anything that would be dramatic, but still more active. Well, yeah. So we're, as you know, I really don't like to make anything 
going out past seven, ten days, twelve days or so with any. We just can't give you anything other than trend. But I do see yeah. a trend that is a lot colder. I do see a trend that is wetter. And if you're going to be at the last days of October, you can imagine that some of that wet is going to be white as well. So there's changes coming, but too far out for those details. Okay. So, I mean, this actually seems really nice, which does make me still wonder, and everybody worry about even a longer-term trend, because it's just been too nice for too long. That means somebody's up to something, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had a taste of that last late last week. I, yeah. I got plenty of photos from people plowing foot, foot and a half of snow out of driveways up on yeah. Casper Mountain and, and everything else. But we haven't had that lower elevation big one yet. Okay. The lower elevation big one. I'm writing that down. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day from Dayweather. Well, I just can't. I feel bad for the guy because he thrives and gets really excited when the weather gets nasty. But so far, off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. So, Frank, when I talk about the shoe known as the Croc, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think I've seen a yeah. picture. Okay. Of sort of a rubbery sole yeah, thing yeah, yeah, with yeah, holes yeah, yeah, in the top. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Somebody made cowboy boot Crocs. Is that even possible? Yeah, that's what cowboys say. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Now, now, would cowboys actually wear Crocs that look like cowboy boots? Not real cowboys. No. That's what I'd say. That's what, okay. So, according to the story here from Cowboy State Daily, the real cowboy boot is made that way for a reason. It's probably people have to work at it. Yes. The whole point is you go ahead and slide the toe, helps you slide into the stirrup seizure, and the heel helps keep your foot in the stirrup. So there's a reason that the cowboy boot, there's multiple reasons why cowboy boots are designed the way they are. This cowboy boot croc, which is a croc, by the way, even has a fake plastic spur on the back. Oh. I Plas plastic. Yeah. I mean, I don't, maybe if you want to put your little kid into this, your toddler or something like that, but I would worry about ruining them. Honestly, I guess you can just use them as like skis. I get the top part of them are supposed to look like a cowboy boot, although it says Crocs at the top. The bottom part, they try to make it look like a leather cowboy boot, but there's still the holes in them because Crocs are supposed to be sort of airy and mm -hmm. stuff like that. This this right. sounds to be be more like an urban cowboy. Uh, yes, because it was made in Denver. Well, there's cowboys there. In Colorado. Yeah, but not so much anymore. Not oh, they're, they're, they're not, not they're not in Denver. They're, no, they're, no. They're away, away. There's cowboys in Colorado, but I would say there's not cowboys in Denver anymore. In fact, I would bet real Colorado cowboys just got really upset that you said Denver has cowboys. Well, I thought they, they they all the cowboys hung out at the Grizzly Rose. Oh, do they? They have to be there. Don't don't do they? they? Maybe when it's game day, they might venture into town. To go see a game, you think? Well, no, just go to a concert at the Grizzly Rose. Oh, is that what that is? It's a country bar. Oh, it's a country bar. Do they do... Is it like the urban cowboy country bar, like from the movie, or is it a real country bar? I think it's I, I think it's a real one. Okay, I've never been to the thing, but I so I don't really know. I think it's real. But here's the deal. If you go walking around that place and you see anybody wearing these Crocs... Well, then, then, then they're you tourists. Know it's, it's, yeah, they're tourists. It's obviously fake. Now, here's something. I do think these things will be successful with tourists. Because with real cowboy boots, anyone will tell you that you get a good pair of cowboy boots, you have to break them in. It takes a while. Crocs, it's like walking on pillows all day long. They're already broken in for They're you. already broken in from the moment that you bought them. They're broken in. It's 
It's almost too comfortable. Your feet will fall asleep while you're walking. I knew there was a catch to that. College football from Saturday, a tough loss for the Wyoming Cowboys, losing to Air Force 34-27 in Colorado Springs. Pokes had them and let the Falcons fly away. UW led 14-0 at one point in the first quarter thanks to a one-yard run from Andrew Peasley and a TD catch from Wyatt Whelan. Air Force clawed their way back in the game. They trailed 21-17 at halftime, and the Cowboys had a really rough go of it on offense in the second half with just six points. And then Air Force's running game just gouged the poke defense. They sawed some wood. They just chewed up clock, and that's just what they do. And then they tied the game at 27 with just over two minutes to go. John Lee Eldridge had a 58-yard run for a touchdown to make it 34-27. And Wyoming proceeded to turn the ball over on downs, and that was that. It's a tough loss, but you got to move on. The Pokes dropped to five and two overall, two and one in Mountain West play. The Academy is six and zero oh overall, four and zero oh in league play. UW has the week off, and they'll be at Boise State a week from Saturday. High school football, one more regular season week to go. Then the playoffs. The playoff picture getting uh, more, with more clarity now. In four A, back on Friday, Sheridan drilled Natrona forty two seven. So Sheridan is the number one seed in the four A playoffs. Natrona could be the third seed, the fourth seed. Maybe even the fifth seed, depending on what goes on this week. Cheyenne East is the number two seed in the 4A playoffs with after a 76-13 win over South. South will not make the postseason. Neither will Laramie. They lost to Rock Springs 21-14. Kelly Walsh lost to Thunder Basin 57-12. The Trojans will be the eighth seed in the 4A playoffs. Campbell County beat Cheyenne Central 21-10 in overtime. Central will be the sixth seed or the seventh seed. In two-way, Glenrock will not make the playoffs. They lost lost to Newcastle 35-13. Neither will Burns. They lost to Wheatland 54 nothing. In one a nine-man Pine Bluffs lost for the first time this year. They were beaten by Lingle Fort Laramie in a great game, 31-30 in overtime. In 1A six-man, Midwest will not make the postseason. They lost to Matisse 74-31. Neither will Casper Christian who lost to Encampment 76-24. KC will be in the playoffs after a 93-62 win over Hewlett. High school volleyball first on Friday. Laramie over Natrona. Kelly Walsh beat Riverton. Campbell County over Cheyenne East. Thunder Basin over Cheyenne Central. Sheridan over Cheyenne South. All three sets to none. On Saturday, Laramie over Sheridan, the Toronto beat South Thunder Basin over East Campbell County over Central. And all those were in three straight. Major League Baseball, Texas beat Houston 2-0 in Game 1 of the American League Championship Series with Game 2 today. Game 1 tonight of the National League Championship Series is Philadelphia will take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that's okay, so we're getting near the end in baseball. Yes, here. we are. And we're getting the end near the end of high school football. And oh, we're going to okay. getting near the end of high school cross country. That's okay. Good. That's that's in Saturday in Cheyenne. That's where I'll be all day. Cross country ends when they run into a pile of snow. Uh, they keep going. Then they put on skis. Uh, well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But but they'll, they'll run in the snow. Okay. I see it. Oh, they do. They, all they, right. don't, they don't like it. They don't know, but they will. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. And we're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. We will get into open phones in the next hour. I know I've covered a lot. i got a lot more to cover with you. 888 woods is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. It's Wake Up Wild.
about six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me on Monday. Weather this week is just really nice. As you heard from Don Day's forecast. All right. Getting into the open phone segment. So 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. The most dangerous part of every day's program is this part. We can do it. Morning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing. The late 97 Woods, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject, fine. Now, if you missed the opening of the program, I'll just briefly cover this. Don't worry, you can always go back and listen to the whole thing because I went into a lot of detail at 6 a.m. This show becomes a podcast when I get done with the live show. It becomes a podcast. And you can go back and listen anytime you want absolutely for free. Use the Wake Up Wyoming app. Touch on demand. Touch Wake Up Wyoming. Select the episode. There you go. Okay. And we get rid of a lot of stuff. News, weather, sports, stuff like that to condense the program for you. Okay. So let's go back to Jackson, Wyoming. Jackson Hole and Teton County decided to get together on EV buses, electric buses, because they wanted to go all zero emissions, and they bought into that, all of that nonsense about, okay, then the buses didn't work. They have eight buses now that don't work, and the company, as you may have heard, went bankrupt, so now they can't get those buses fixed. Well, this is really going well. Okay, well, turns out the CEO that was in charge of that bankrupt bus company, of course, the company existed because it got a bunch of money from the Biden administration. Well, the CEO, don't worry about him. It's not like he's unemployed or anything like that. One of his jobs is he works with the Biden administration as an advisor. Yeah, Garrett Joyce is his name, CEO and board member of California-based electric bus maker Proterra, continues to serve on a top White House counsel advising Biden on trade policy after his company filed for bankruptcy. And again, all of that money that the Biden administration gave to him and his company gone. Having really produced nothing that works. And now places like Jackson Hole are just stuck with these buses. All right, so our own Senator John Barrasso sent in a note to the Biden administration just voicing his displeasure. He said, Mr. President, it is evident that the promotion and favoritism towards Proterra have resulted in significant losses for taxpayers and investors, including those in my home state of Wyoming, said Senator Barrasso Thursday. He said the bankruptcy of Proterra, despite the administration's support, raises serious questions about the reasoning behind these endorsements. The American people deserve accountability and transparency. Well, you're not going to get that from the Biden administration, but okay. In matters of public policy and businesses, the president of the United States and his cabinet officials choose to promote. And this is very much like many different companies in the past. Let's go back to the Obama administration and Solyndra being the most famous one 
where some people who were Biden fan or um, Obama fans and supporters, including raising money for Obama, got a bunch of money to open up a solar panel company, which went bankrupt, produced nothing. But don't worry because Obama's friends walked away with their pockets lined with millions of dollars and continue to get all sorts of gigs from the Obama administration. So they'll be just fine. So the guy who was the CEO of this now bankrupt company that left places like Jackson Hole holding the bag will be just fine. Continues to work in it as an advisor for the Biden administration. But, of course, next time he wants to start some kind of a so-called green energy business, don't worry. He has friends in high places. He'll get the money to do so. All right. Next up. This and this is a completely different topic here, but I want to say before I talk about this that it's not that I'm against college because oftentimes when I talk about what a scam college has become, people think that I'm anti-college and I'm not. Depends on what you're doing. There's times you should get a college degree. Depends on your line of work. You also want to make sure that you whatever classes you take. They don't get you to take all sorts of garbage that has nothing to do with what you're trying to get a job in. You want the degree to be focused on in the classes you take, to be focused on the job that you're after. Because colleges will try to run up the bill. Universities try to run up the bill because they get all sorts of subsidies from the federal government on this and states. So they try to run up the bill to make as much money as they can. Take what courses you need to for whatever profession. If your chosen profession actually means college is necessary. But not everybody needs to go to college. As one of my broadcast heroes, Mike Rowe, often talks about, not every profession needs a college degree. Sometimes you should go to a trade school. Depends on what you're doing. right? Go to a trade school if that's what you need. Or get a load of this. Headline says U.S. companies increasingly eliminating college degrees as a requirement because of out-of-control costs. So there's many businesses out there. When I take a look at the kind of job that they're asking for, that they ask on the application, or say that they when they're asking people to apply for the job, you need a degree in the following. And sometimes I look at that and think, you don't necessarily need a degree in that to do that job. It depends on what kind of a job we're talking about. Again, it depends. Many companies have noticed that getting a college degree has become so outrageously expensive that it's hard to find employees because a lot of people look at it and go, "I'm not, how do I pay for all of that? For a job that will never pay me enough to be able to pay off the degree. It doesn't make financial sense. So some of these businesses have decided we're just going to eliminate the need for the degree. Now, I bet you a lot of you right now who went through all the work to get that college degree are going, really? Well, college screwed themselves on this. Okay, here's the story. American businesses are increasingly eliminating college degrees as a part of their requirement to, or for corporate roles, which is part of a wider trend in the U.S. job market that is de-emphasizing the value of a four-year diploma, according to some experts. American companies like Walmart, IBM, okay, 
Bank of America and Google have announced plans to reduce the number of jobs that require college degrees. Michael Gibson, venture capitalist and author of the book Paper Belt on Fire, is a prominent, uh, or sorry, proponent of alternatives to higher educations in the United States and describes the trend as promising, especially given the $1.6 trillion in U.S. student debt. He says, I think that has hobbled the passion and dreams of a lot of people. He said, I think that's why we see this struggle to cancel debt. But the most aggravated part is that everyone's paying attention to poor students that were billed But no one is blaming the universities themselves for teaching worthless things or not providing the sort of career advancement that they should. Now, there's the part that I talked about. Universities pushing just useless degrees that have nothing to do with the job. In order to get this degree, you have to take all of these other classes and things that have nothing to do with what you're going to be doing for a living. And the universities argue, well, you need a well-rounded education. But that's not what they're providing. And yeah, even a lot of what they're providing, you could just go ahead and call indoctrination, too. We can get into that in just a bit. 816, wake up my own. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Let's wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So, if this trend is correct, which is what I'm reading here, says it is. It's something that I've thought about for a long time. That yeah, a lot of colleges, universities have become a scam. Let's talk about why it's become a scam. Mainly, every time your government comes along and says they're going to fix something, they make it worse. Your government came along and said they're going to make college more affordable. And more accessible. And it's become less accessible and not affordable at all. As universities, local colleges even take advantage of everything they can to get as much money as they can in from students on student loans. They don't care as long as the money comes in. They don't care. They don't care if the kid graduates or not, as long as the money comes in. And because of this, more and more when people go to a college... A student walks in saying, I want to learn this because this is what I want to do as a profession. And the college will set them up with a bunch of courses that has nothing to do with what they're going to study. But you got to take all these extra courses, you know, because it runs up the bill. I've often as well complained. People go to college because, well, I'm supposed to go to college. Great. What do you want to do for a living? I don't know. Then why are you going to college? Imagine showing up to a trade school. A vocational school. So I want to learn something. All right, what do, what do you want to do? You want to be a welder, electrician? You want to be a plumber, You know, machine shop? What do you want to do? I don't know. Do they just let them take random courses? I hope not because you, you need some kind of a direction. I want to do this. And then they set you up with that. You're only taking the classes that will lead you to that profession. College won't do that. Oh, you just want to take classes? Fine, let's take... And they run up the bill. Because of that, going to college has become outrageously expensive. 
and businesses from your Walmarts to all sorts of other imagine any all sorts of different kinds of businesses including IBM banks all sorts of different companies out there would love to have really good hardworking people but it says you got to have a college degree in whatever when they put out their advertisement for the job and then they find out those college degrees are so expensive a lot of people just say well I can't afford to get that degree so I guess I can't go for the job so that's why these companies are just dropping it you don't have to have that degree we'll train you on the job that's okay let me go back to what this gentleman said he says I think that has hobbled the passions and dreams of a lot of people I think that's why we see this political struggle to cancel debt. But the most aggravating part is that everyone's paying attention to the poor students that are billed, but no one is blaming the universities themselves for teaching worthless things that do not provide the sort of career advancement they should. He added, the more we see people foregoing that system to start a career, the better. Walmart, for example has eliminated college degrees as a requirement for hundreds of its corporate roles, vowing to remove unnecessary barriers that prevent career advancement. The company also announced it would waive the university degree as a necessity if candidates can show they have gained the necessary skills on different prior experience. So in other words, if you're, if you're working at Walmart, you might just think, okay, stocking shelves, things like that. They need people higher up the ladder, management and so on. They need people to work their way up the Walmart ladder. And if you're willing to do that, then Walmart will teach you the Walmart way. Well, I never went to college. That's okay. We can do that. If you're, if you're showing that you're really willing, that you really have what it takes, the right stuff, if you will. Walmart will teach you. So the story says between 2017 and 2019, 46% of middle-skilled occupations and 31% of high-skilled occupations saw a drop in college degree requirements, which could have major implications for how employees find talent and open up opportunities for two-thirds of Americans without a college degree, according to a report from the Burning Glass Institute, which I've never heard of, but I like their name. In line with the trend, the report projects the move could open up 1.4 million jobs across America within just the next few years. And I'm looking at this thinking, hey, colleges, universities, you're really screwing yourself here. At the government level, states across the country have removed degree requirements. At the government level, states across the country have removed degree requirements according to government jobs from the Brookings Institute. Virginia became the 13th state to remove such requirements in June. Apple TV's two-minute drill co-hosts, it's a show they do, said the founder of Joe Cabernetto told Fox News Digital that he was not surprised to see big-name companies dropping any degree requirement. He suggested that a large demand for employees combined with different views on college requirements, but never generate the, um, uh, what is part of what contributed to the shift, he said. He said, I've done this business, now, I've done this in my business, he says, and have been very successful by focusing the on the individual itself. And three simple things. Do they get it? Do they want it? 
And are they capable? In other words, they show up hungry for the job. They want to succeed, and so they want to see the company succeed, and they're smart, and they're driven. Great. We'll teach you right here on the job. If they nail those things, it's a fit, he said. You're hired. Still, he said, certain skilled positions in medical, law enforcement, they, in other words, there are certain jobs where you're going to need that degree, and that's fine. In his book, Paper Belt on Fire, Gibson challenged the education establishment, promoting stories in his belief that college degrees are not necessary for fulfilling a successful career. He said, there's a lot of things you can do without a college degree. Uh, starting companies is easy because you're the one, you're your you're own boss. You don't need to prove your skills set or anything. In fact, when I take a look at the founders of Apple and, of course, Microsoft, they, at a very young age, I believe it was Atari that they went to, and showed what they were doing in their garage with computers. We want to work for you guys. And they were told, well, you guys don't even have college degrees. What are you kidding? And they were thrown out. Forget you. You don't even have college degrees. We don't need you. Yeah, we should have hired them. Your companies might still be around. Quote, we're starting to see more and more companies, Google and others, who are now questioning the worth of a college degree. The cost of a college degree has skyrocketed in recent years in conjunction with the millions of Americans who are burdened by thousands of dollars in debt, in some cases tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, which has promoted collaborations with so-called skill-based hiring. Okay. Again, this is a trend which I'm happy to see. And I'm hoping at some point colleges and universities will stop and look back and go, you know, we've made a mistake here. But they won't as long as that money keeps rolling in from the federal government through their student loan program. Again, as soon as the government gets in and says, we're going, like with health care too, we're going to make health care more affordable, more accessible. And the opposite of that happens because government was involved. Coming up on 830, local news, update on your weather forecast. Let's wake up Wyoming. Blow off some steam before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six of the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. And there's all the people who are sending me notes off the Wake Up Wyoming app, which I've been typing back to, but I have not spent a lot of time this morning talking to them on the air. But I'm glad you guys are out there. Heidi, John, Mike is in Casper. These are people who use the chat option on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis, Kevin and Douglas, Jed and Yoder, DJ and Gillette. Uh, Al is in Hillsboro. Wild Bill is in Laramie. Rhiannon in Fort Danger. Jim in Casper. And Wild Sherman in Lovell and Smokey is in Casper as well. Good morning, everybody. So, all right. <clears throat> Did you get your COVID booster? reason I ask that is because there's a lot of commercials out there about COVID boosters from your state, whatever state you're listening in, or but also national ads and so on. Go get your COVID booster. Okay. 
Headline for you. Very, very, very few takers for that new COVID booster. Now, I'm just, uh, this is not an opinion here. I'm just telling you what the story says, right? Story says, as if we needed more proof, COVID destroyed public health profession, says this author. The response to this year's booster is not going well. Last year, the CDC, FDA, Dr. Foucher, uh, and other such health people spent months excoriating the public and trying to convince you, get your booster. They were adamant about those boosters. Despite testing and overhyped results, says this author, well, so let's take a look at whatever happened. No more than a month after they were authorized based on testing on just eight mice, we were told to go use these. In other words, there wasn't a whole lot of testing done, according to the author here. And less than, let's see, previous CDC authorized last year, 17% of the population. Now we're at about um, 2% of the population has gotten the booster. About 2%. So what did, what, what exactly happened across the country that so few people have decided to get a booster despite the fact that there's so much advertising for you to get a booster or a COVID shot in the first place. Now, a lot of people initially, when this whole thing started, got their COVID shot. They were told you should, you got to do this, you got to go get your shot. But then as the boosters kept coming out more and more, fewer and fewer people got them. I would like to know, because I don't know, I haven't looked into this. When it comes to the regular flu shot, what about that? Are fewer people getting the regular flu shot? Is that going, is the COVID shot, the lack of people getting the, the COVID boosters along with people, fewer people getting the flu shot? I want to look up that number to see if there's a correlation there. Or if they're just the two are working together. Or are the same number of people getting flu shots? Again, I don't know the answer to that. But so far, the COVID booster has not been a whole lot. It's been like uh, 2% or a little bit less than that of the American population actually getting the booster. It's a lot of advertising for not a whole lot of result there. All right. Now, next story that I have along COVID line is the $350 billion in COVID bailout money turns out was pretty much just unnecessary, which is something that I said when all of that came out, when they started just handing out money to businesses. The story says, two years removed from the passage of the American Rescue Plan, the $2 trillion stimulus measure... Congress passed back in 2021. And the the verdict of all of this is exactly what people like me were saying at the time. Much of the money is unnecessary and most of it's going to be wasted. The big line, the story says, was it was going to be about $350 billion given to states and local governments to deal with revenue shortfalls and other pandemic-related expenditures. So here we are a couple of years later. Only 45% of that money to bail out states has been spent. Only 45% has been spent. Local governments had reportedly, uh, according to the Government Accountability Office, said they spent just about 38% of the funds received through ARPA. So here's a quote. The new study confirms that the spending was not needed. By the fall of 2020, it was clear that the states were in good physical shape. It just wasn't necessary to give the states all of this money. So where is it now is what I want to know. 
Did it do any good? Story says the effectiveness of that spending has been repeatedly called into question in a National Bureau of Economic Research published in June 2022. Researchers found the pandemic-era distribution of money to state and local governments had cost taxpayers about $855,000 per job saved. The stimulus spending had only a modest impact on government employment and was not translated into direct gains for private businesses or for states or overall economic recovery. Also, University of California, so consider the source, San Diego economists, and several others along with the American Enterprise Institute all joined in with papers saying it really didn't go anywhere. It didn't. We borrowed all of that money, gave it to all of these states. Most of it hasn't been spent anyway. Turns out they really didn't need it. Tourism, nice roads in some ways, you know, went into some things like that. But when they did spend it, what did they really spend it on? That's the next thing I would like to know is what exactly did they spend the money on when they did spend it? Was it anything necessary? Because the theory at the time was we're going to shut down everything so everybody has to stay home so COVID would just pass us over. If that's the case... Since COVID is just, that means people aren't going to be making money. So here's a bunch of cash. So there, you have cash to spend, which at the time I was saying, but cash is not the economy. Remember this, the economy is not money. Money is what we use to trade the economy. The economy is actually what we produce. Money is just used to trade what we produce, to make trade easier. So if you're not working... Put it to you this way. You're sitting on a deserted island somewhere with no food, right? And I stop by and give you a bunch of cash. Is that going to do you any good? Well, no. You have no place to buy food from. You actually have to – if I stopped by and handed you what you needed to produce food, to go fishing, to plant crops, now I've given you something. But if you have nothing on that island and I hand you money, what are you going to use the money for? That's why I say the economy is not money. It's what we produce. Then there's still those people walking around wearing masks after all of this. Look, I'm no hero. I'm just doing what I'd expect anyone else to do for me. Any decent person, anyway. My name is Carlos Ronaldo Jr. And I wear a mask when I'm alone in my car. Still, in the current year, I'm sure I've saved lives. Look, I'm just an ordinary guy who wears a mask when there's no one around for I'm following the science. When people see me driving around like this, a lot of them assume I'm like an Uber driver or something and the company is making me wear it. But no, I do this on purpose. You're welcome. I just find a real sense of satisfaction in knowing that, ah, shucks, I even hate to say it, but that I'm just a way better person than everyone else. And I drive a Honda Fit. You know, all it would take for us to beat this pandemic that ended years ago is for all of us to just chip in and mask up, even when we're locked in a steel and glass box for literally hours, alone. Sometimes when I let the pandemic get me down, I like to think of this phrase that I thought of and came up with myself when I was driving around in my Honda Fit. We're all in this together. 8.45. Wake up, my own. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods is on the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. 
848's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox, and Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank would like to take a moment to thank the town of Lusk, Wyoming. Yes, because they rescued the bus yes. of the South Dakota School of Mines football team that set on fire. Yeah. They got all those players, whoever was on, on the bus, to like a shelter at their fairgrounds. Uh-huh. And that bus looked bad. Yeah. I mean, thank God they got everyone off. Yeah. What was the start of the fire? I, I don't know. I mean, okay. but it's the, the entire back of the bus is toast. Yeah. It's usually the kids in the back of the bus that are doing something. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, the whole thing was told. But then, then they also helped them get new buses, get them rides. Well, yeah. I mean, they they still had to go to R- Rapid City. Yeah. Like, you know what? We're we're good folks in Wyoming. We are sure, and, and that's just the, yeah. that's just the w- the way we are. But that's that's not you know you try these sports teams travel all over the place, and you think yeah. oh everything's fine. You know most you know all the time. Sometimes it's not. It's not like they've, you know, had an accident or anything, but buses break down. You could be yep. sitting on the side of the road for hours sure. before somebody helps you and brings the bus into some place that you can repair it. Mm-hmm. So hours. Fairgrounds, emergency shelter, here's some coats, here's some food and drink, you know, to help them warm up, stuff like that. And then School of Mines got transportation for them from Rapid City, uh, which got them home at about 1 a.m. So if if you are in a vehicle, this I think here's the moral of the story. If you're in a vehicle and it catches fire, make sure it happens around Lusk. Right, yeah. You, you'll get immediate help. Yeah, sure. They seem to do know what to do with a vehicle fire. I, anyway, I'm sure there was yeah. maybe other towns and maybe Nebraska yeah. would go, <laughs> you're on your sure. own. Yeah. <laughs> now, what exactly goes through, I mean, okay, so you're on, the, on a bus and a fire starts somewhere. I guess people would notice the smoke first. I would notice the smell. Yeah. Something is burning, and we need to leave. Yeah, and whoever it is, put that out. That's just wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. But, okay, so once that gets started, then you got to pull over. Like you said, the back. Now, that's where the engine is on that thing, Mm -hmm. underneath there. So I would assume, I don't know, I'm picking on those people. Hey, it's your kids in the back of the bus. Probably something in the engine that went bad and went And then wrong, the so kids in the back yet. of the bus, they're going, yeah. hey, I think yeah. we're on Ooh, fire. That Frank, is that you again? No, I did not. No, 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 I didn't have a burrito. No, I swear to God. No. So they all got off the bus okay. Everybody, that's the part, the most important part also is. But Lusk, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. College football back on Saturday. A tough, tough, tough loss for the Wyoming Cowboys as Air Force prevailed over the Pokes 35-27 in Colorado Springs. Cowboys had them and just let the Falcons just fly away. UW left 14 to nothing at one point in the first quarter thanks to a one-yard run from quarterback Andrew Peasley and a TD catch from Wyatt Wheelan. Air Force found a way to get back into the game and trail 21-17 at halftime. The Cowboys had a really rough go of it on offense in the second half with just six points. At the same time, Air Force's option running game was gouging the Pokes defense. They were just just running the ball, sawing some wood, chewing up clock, and then with the game tied at 27 with just over two minutes to go, John Lee Eldridge reeled off a 58-yard run for a touchdown for the Falcons to make it 34-27, and, and that's what Air Force does. Wyoming proceeded to turn the ball over on downs, and that was that. Pokes dropped the 5-2 and two overall, 2-1 two and one in Mountain West Conference play. The Academy is 6-0 and oh overall, 4-0 oh in league play. UW has this week off. They'll be at Boise State a week from Saturday. High school football, one more regular season week to go, then the playoffs, and that playoff picture is getting a little bit more clarity. In 4A, back on Friday, Sheridan defeated the Trona 42-7. Sheridan will be the number one seed in the 4A playoffs, and the Trona could be the third seed, the fourth seed. 
and maybe the fifth seed, depending on what happens this week. Cheyenne East will be the two seed in the 4A playoffs after a 76-13 win over Cheyenne South. South will not make the postseason, and neither will Laramie, as they lost to Rock Springs 21-14. Kelly Walsh lost to Thunder Basin 57-12, and the Trojans will be the eighth seed in the playoffs. Campbell County beat Cheyenne Central in overtime 21-20. Central will be the sixth or the seventh seed. In 2A, Glen Rock will not make the playoffs. They lost to Newcastle 35-13. Neither will Burns. They lost to Wheatland 54-0. And won a nine-man. Pine Bluffs lost for the first time this year, beaten by Lingo Fort Laramie in a great game in overtime 31-30. And won a six-man. Midwest will not make the playoffs. They lost to Matiti 74-31. And neither will Casper Christian, who was defeated by Encampment 76-24. KC will be in the playoffs after a 93-62 win over Hewlett. High School Volleyball first on Friday. Laramie beat Natrona. Kelly Walsh beat Riverton. Campbell County over Cheyenne East. Thunder Basin defeated Central and Sheridan defeated Cheyenne South. All three sets to none. On Saturday, Laramie beat Sheridan. The Trona beat South. Thunder Basin over East and Campbell County over Central. All the those in three straight. Major League Baseball, Texas over Houston yesterday 2-0 in the first game of the American League Championship Series. Game 2 today. And tonight, Game 1 of the National League Championship Series as Philadelphia will meet the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's in sports. So at what point can I start asking you who's going to win all of this baseball? In baseball, well, the teams that I thought were going to win it in baseball yeah. aren't, aren't even in the playoffs anymore. They oh, were really? eliminated. Oh, so, no, wait, wait, no, no, not the teams that are going to, the teams you wanted to win. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because there's a team that somebody's going to win it, Frank. It's yeah. just not who you wanted. Let's take Texas and Arizona. Texas right. and Arizona? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's that go for that for right now. You're just sort of throwing darts at well, a board at this well, point. I, I've done that since April. <laughs> 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 Might as well just say whatever. Yeah. Might as well go ahead and pick some teams yeah, yeah, that aren't yeah. even playing anymore. Why not? Yeah, yeah Montreal or something. Sure, you know, yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we got to take care of. they got to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Open phones, too, of course. Triple eight ninety seven woods That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wyoming. Nine oh six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. It's a Monday. Good looking weather this week too. Hey, it might be a little on the breezy side, but not windy by Wyoming standards. So, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Fine by me. A little bit of good news for you. Got a story here that shows Wyoming gas prices dropped nine cents. Okay, not bad. That's an average now. Average. Gasoline price, Wyoming, 8.9 cents total. Let me see. Average 3.70 a gallon. That's going to depend on where you are, of course. Prices in Wyoming, 20 cents per gallon lower than a month ago. So it's been pretty good. I dropped by one place. I think it was, um, was it 3.13 or something like that, which is still outrageously high as far as I'm concerned, but better. So let me see. Let's go back a little ways. 2013. Now, this is average once again. In Wyoming, you were paying about uh, 343 a gallon. Average in the U.S. was 335. Let's jump up. 2016. In 2016, the price had dropped down to 218 a gallon, Wyoming. 
national average was higher at 245. But I mean, imagine, go back to, hey, 244, 218 a gallon. Well, hang on. Back in October 6th of 2020, it was 214 a gallon in Wyoming. Average national price was 216. So you can remember a time when it was like a little over $2 a gallon. And we were complaining back then. Now the average is about 384. Again, I saw a few places where I'm living that's about 313. In fact, let me go ahead and do, I'm going to type in Gas Buddy here. And I do, I love this website, Gas Buddy. Let me do the gas map here. Yeah, backed off because Gas Buddy does all sorts of things. I'm going to go to the price map. And if you've never been there, you can just look it up online. They provide a heat map so it shows color-coded where the prices are around the states. And I'm zooming in on Wyoming here. And as I get in, of course, it adjusts the heat map even more to show who's got the best and who's got the worst prices. Uh, Clicking on my area... Average for my area says about 319. There's 358. Let's head on down to what's uh, Rock River doing? 360, almost 370 for Rock River. Laramie's at about 345. Okay. Cheyenne, you're at about 356. You're a little bit higher than some other people out there. And see what you folks up in Gillette are doing. Uh, you know, it does seem to follow the population corridor. About 335 in Gillette. Upton area is about 353. Ten Sleep, you're about 379. You're a bit more expensive. Hmm. Thermopolis, where are you at? Average. These are average prices. 379 a gallon in Thermopolis. A bit higher than where I'm at right now. So let's see. I can go all the way over to the town of Dubois, Dubois, 384. Last time I was in Dubois, I went to the military museum, which I highly recommend. And I looked at their prices and thought, wow, they're expensive. Right now, of course, Teton, 406. If you're in Jackson, that's not surprising at all. But yeah, just a few weeks ago, I was over there in Dubois for the military museum. Again, highly recommended that military museum. Wow, those gas prices are high. So, okay, that's where we are right about now. Good to see prices coming down like that. All right, triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. Here's something. It's fun once in a while to see a headline and go, wait a minute, and connect the dots. Here's a headline from Cowboy State Daily. Steamboat, world's largest, tall, tallest, I should say, geyser, erupts with 400-foot water show. Now, this is important. I'll tell you why in just a bit. Hang on. Witnessing an eruption of Steamboat Geyser is on the bucket list of many Yellowstone National Park visitors, says the story. One tourist captured a video of an irregular event. It shows a column of steam being forced out of the geyser. Sounds like a jet. Steamboat Geyser, and uh, it talks about some other geysers in the area, and Old Faithful, everybody's very entertained by all that. The research geologist with the Cascades Volcano Observatory and the scientist in charge of Yellowstone Volcano Observatory confirmed that steamboat geyser eruption at 2.46 p.m. October 8th, taken during one of its phases, was a really large eruption. I mean, it was just huge. So what they're saying here is a, a tourist captured a massive eruption. Then it goes into some of the details about these eruptions over time. Okay. 
I'll dig in a bit more into this about um, when these geysers erupt and you know why some are, some are bigger than others. Of course, it's not always going to be exact. Just like Old Faithful is not exactly faithful on its time, but close enough to be Old Faithful, right? That reminded me of this story. Headline of the story, Yellowstone's most famous geysers could shut down. This is your climate change story here from the cult of climate change. Let's see, who put this one out? Um, The Guardian newspaper, of course. Story says, when a band of geologists and surveyors, U.S. Army scouts, mapped out what would become Yellowstone in 1870, the geysers in the spring seem endless. Nearly 150 years later, about 4 million people visit annually. Old faithful sight to behold. While geysers, well, they're high predictability for the area. It's erupted uh, every 44 to 125 minutes since 2000. A new, here we go, climate assessment, recent study, revealed that rising temperatures reduce snowfall and increased rain threatens, threatens to shut off Old Faithful completely by the end of the century. Now, what changed this? Because by the end of the century, they're just not going to be according to that assessment, right? Well, part of what changes, we were getting the same kind of predictions just a little while ago. Same types of predictions when it came to Lake Mead and other lakes around the western states. Well, look at this drought we're in. If this trend continues, we'll be out of water by this time. And they started predicting when these lakes and rivers were going to go dry. And then they came with predictions of when Old Faithful and other geysers were just going to stop spewing out these wonderful sights that we go to see. Well, we were in the middle of a drought. That's happened before, believe it or not. I mean, it's easy to believe. We've been in droughts before, and these geysers have had problems before. But then the drought ends because these are cycles, cycles that we've talked about. A lot of it has to do with cycles of the sun, which affects Earth's weather. But there's a lot more to it than that. And these cycles of wet years and dry years. So now, this last winter was really wet, as you know, and even Lake Mead. I mean, I, there's because I'm a geek. I know I'm dorky about this. There's various uh, sites that I go to that are just drought monitor sites that show the level of different reservoirs out west. And yeah, they were really getting dangerously low. But now, most of them are near capacity. Yeah. Most of the reservoirs in all of these western states are not at, but near capacity. And in most cases, they're not at capacity because we use the water. For those that are around, to give you one example, recently I drove by Glendo, Wyoming, and I looked out and went, wow, they've really drained. Well, they let a lot of water out because that water goes to other states that need that water. Farming communities and so on. There's a certain time when they let certain amounts of water go. So they're not all at capacity, but they would be if we weren't letting water out. All of a sudden, the drought ended. If you look at the drought map for the United States, California is out of drought. And all of a sudden, places like, well, it was a very wet year. It's a very wet year. This entire spring, summer, very wet. All of a sudden, 
Yellowstone's at capacity again. 915, wake up Wyoming. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Nine twenty one's the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Since I had mentioned earlier, I did a story about wind farms and Old Faithful again. Geysers just spewing like crazy in Yellowstone. That was supposed to be done by the end of the century. Oh, what was the glacier? Uh, glacier Park up there in Montana. The, that glacier is supposed to be gone by now. And there were signs that it was going to be gone by, what was it, 2020, I think it was. Those signs mysteriously disappeared and the glacier is still there. Do things change? Sure. Is the climate changing? Absolutely. Of course it is. It's natural. It happens all the time. A lot of the predictions they make are just done, gone. Those geysers are, they're not going to be geysering anymore. Really? Because they're full now because the drought ended, because droughts come and go. But all right. And by the way, just so you know, those geysers won't be there forever. The geysers at Yellowstone were not always there. And someday they will be gone. And that's natural. Just like if you live near a lake, that lake, I don't care if it's a man-made lake or a natural lake. That lake was not always there and someday the lake will be gone. Welcome to Earth where everything changes. New York has slammed the door on wind farming, story says. New York regulators on Thursday, last Thursday, denied requests by European Energy Company and other, it says renewable, that's not a proper word, developers to charge customers billions of dollars to continue to put up wind and solar, which was supposed to save people. Again, remember what they say. It's clean, it's green, it's affordable, it's reliable, sustainable. None of that's true. Especially when it comes to the affordability part. The state uh, denial could force some developers, the story says, to, well, those contracts may not cover projects' costs, to scrap plans to sell powers to customers in New York, cancel the or delay projects. As has happened with many offshore wind projects in Massachusetts, developers were looking to renegotiate contracts on several offshore wind programs that were out there just off their coast. Construction of re- these, again, it says renewable. No, they're not. Projects is key to plans for Joe Biden's administration. Well, they want to go, of course, get rid of coal and gas and oil go all wind and solar, and they keep running into a problem with the cost of it. We even had that problem here in the state of Wyoming where utility rates want to skyrocket. And the utility company saying it's not because of wind and solar. I would like to debate them on that. And then the story goes into all of the details on the costs and why the costs are higher than ever before. So here again, New York... Ended up saying, nope, sorry, we're not going to let you raise your utility rates. Therefore, the utility that wants to put up wind projects off the coast of New York and Massachusetts is saying, well, then we can't finish the project. So how are they supposed to go all wind and solar when they can't work out the money on this? Are they going to turn to the Biden administration and say, give us billions more? Because that's really working out well. All right. 
I was asked to play it again. From last week, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting we have two problems in the nation's House of Representatives. One is they still don't have a Speaker of the House, which means your House of Representatives has not been able to pass anything. They can't vote on anything until they get a Speaker. It's been two weeks now, and you were told if they don't hurry up and get a speaker, then it's just doomsday for you. I mean, they got they have to be there voting on stuff, or you're screwed personally, and, and the nation is. It's been two weeks, and we're still fine. Even though Congress is not able to get anything done, because even if the Senate gets something done, it's got to go through the House before it can go to the president. So your government for the past two weeks has not been getting anything done. And the idea that, well, what are we going to do if the government doesn't get anything done? I think we're just fine if Congress gets nothing done for a while. In fact, they tend to make things a whole lot worse. All right. So eventually they'll get a speaker and some things will get passed. Meantime, they still have the problem of that looming government shutdown. Because they kicked the can down the road on a government shutdown, but it's going to happen if they don't go, if they don't figure something out. Which, of course, means there are those people out there who are going to be hiding in their cellar. We now rejoin our uh, hero, social justice warrior, as things have gone terribly wrong with the world. He and his sidekick are hunkered down in his apartment. The seller of his mother's house, where he's over a year behind in the rent during a government shutdown. Why did you buy so many cases of ramen noodles? Well, I'm not going to buy some real food from one of those preppers' sites. I'm not supporting those Nazis. I'm already sick of eating them. Quit looking at the cat like that. Hmm. How long have we been down here? Um... Six hours. Lord, government shutdowns feel like they go on forever. It must be like total chaos outside. Like The Walking Dead or the movie The Purge or something like that. Honestly, I'm not sure how anyone thought they could survive a day without the government. What the hell is that? OMG. Do not open that window block. It's our neighbor, average white guy. Yeah! Ah! The government is shut down. Heck yeah! No more stupid laws and government bureaucrats. We're free! We're free! Ah! Will our heroes survive the government shutdown? Will he totally freak out when he finds out things are a lot better with a whole lot less government? Find out next time in the continuing episodes of Social Justice Warrior. Squirrel! Got a note here from my Eddie John in Grand Canyon speaking of gas prices. Going back to that real quick, he said... Was coming back from Denver yesterday, exit 240 on I-25. Gas price was 289 for regular. Really? Exit 240 on Interstate 25. Gas price was 289 for regular. That's not bad. Okay. Nice to see them continue to get that low. They could be a lot lower. We can refill our strategic oil reserve if we were allowed to start drilling here in our own country again. 
coming up and refining. Let's build some more refineries. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of right after that. Update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Triple eight ninety seven Woods phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. Now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Hey, Rianne, you still out there? All right, Rianne from Fort Danger sent me a note about how it's politically incorrect to call people witches and don't dress as a witch for Halloween as cultural appropriation and stuff like that. Do you know, remember the name Ronald Dahl? That's the guy who wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and other famous kids' books. I mean, big-time famous kids' books that were made into many different kinds of movies that we grew up with, right? All right. New editions of the legendary work by British author Ronald Dahl are being edited to remove words that can be deemed offensive to some readers, according to the late writer's uh, company. He wrote books, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, The Fantastic Mr. Fox, things like that. British newspaper Telegraph reported his books made hundreds of changes to original text. Characters like um, Glop and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory no longer called fat. Instead, described as enormous. What's wrong with saying they're fat? That's Okay. Instead of being called small men, Oompa Loompas are small people. Further changes to those books include adding language originally written in 1983. The witches. He writes that witches are bald beneath their wigs, according to the Telegraph. Well, you got to remove stuff like that because that could be offensive. The company told the Associated Press it worked with uh, Puffin Books to review the books get out of any undesirable language. Now, on that note, there's a whole list here. Let's see. Cultural appropriation. This is a study I actually found. Cultural appropriation in contemporary neo-paganism and witchcraft. This is actually a study. Oh, this goes on for a while. I'm not going to read you all of this. Uh, submitted in partial fulfillment with requirements for a degree with honors. Oh, wow. This is an honors, a University of Maine honor degree to study this. Holy cow. Here's one from the website Quora. Is it offensive when you call someone a witch? Well, look, just about any word can be offensive if you use it in the right context. They're the best productivity hacks, tips, resources, and so on, yada, yada. Okay, and they get into the whole bit about... Um, can you be offended when someone uses witch? In your, and, and should it be offensive? Should it really be offensive if you're called a or dressing as a witch, which is cultural appropriation, by the way? You can't do that around Christmas time. Well, there was a pagan religion out there that we refer to as the rich, witches, and you are appropriating their culture. And, of course, there's all sorts of things that where witches were hunted and burned at the stake and stuff like that. So how dare you dress up Halloween like a witch? 
Now, this means that we're going to have to get rid of all sorts of great movies. Great stories out there. The Witches of Eastwick is one. But there's all sorts of other great movies out there where witches play an important role. I get into the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, we, we can take all sorts of different fairy tales from way back when where the evil witch played a role. And now we're going to have to get rid of all of these old fairy tales because there was a witch in there. So I see now when it comes to Halloween, oh, there's a lot of witches and broom jokes and things like this. You can't do that anymore. No, because you might be offending someone. In fact, I wonder, are we, I'm going to have to look this up. I'll see if I can remember to do this for tomorrow. When we get into Halloween, we start referring to ghosts. Are we now offending someone by referring to spirits and ghosts? Is there anything about Halloween that's not going to be offensive anymore? Because I remember there was a time, this was to my memory in my life, in the early 80s, it was the religious right that really went after Halloween. They just wanted to ban Halloween. We shouldn't be doing no Halloween parties. It's a pagan holiday. It's, it's you know, we just got to ban Halloween. Well, that ended and people just went back to enjoying Halloween again. But now we have the other side of the argument trying to do the same thing and trying to make Halloween just some miserable time that we shouldn't do because we're offending all sorts of people. And dear Lord, just quit eating all that candy. So... Now we've got the other side of the argument, doing all they can to tell us why we shouldn't be doing something, which has just become fun. Can't do that anymore, though. How dare you? You're offending somebody. I bet you, I'm going to go look it up. Not right now, but I'll go look it up. Are people offended by the idea of ghosts? Zombies? Zombies offensive? Is zombies racist or cultural appropriation or something like that? I don't know, but I'm going to... Start looking it up. I.D. John, should we call them the name that rhymes with and starts with B? If you would like to, but that's probably not just offensive. That's probably cultural appropriation, too. I'm not sure how, but we'll figure it out. And remember now, there's these days, that for some people anyway, not for me. I don't, I don't you know, I'm not going to live by this standard. But for some people, Every little thing has to be offensive. Doesn't matter what you do or if you don't do it, you're offending somebody. So the real answer to that is don't worry about it anymore. You just go live your life. And for those people who are offended by every little thing, all they're doing at that point is they're not making you miserable. They're making themselves miserable. And if that's the way they want to play it, then go ahead. Spend your life making yourself miserable. I'm not going to do that. Personally, um, having too much of a good time to worry about what somebody else is offended by because everything offends them. 943, wake up. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 948 is the time. Wake up Wyoming, off to the icebox we go. Frank Ambino waiting by. Frank, uh, useless trivia, but you'll, I still think, find this interesting. Okay, right? it's, it's useless, but let's, okay, let's, let's try let's it go. here. Okay. When they first were building the city of Cheyenne, okay. the city had just 12 trees. That's it? I wonder who counted them. Walked around going, how many trees do we have? Well, why would you want 12? to build something around with no trees? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Well, ask Nebraska that. I, oh, I know. So but 
now, now where I grew up, of course, around the Everglades, places like that, dear Lord, I, when I moved out to Wyoming, I had to get used to this. No trees. Yeah, I mean, there is. Well, there's some, but not nearly like the, oh, east, yeah. like the east coast. Wow, think, we could be like, where I grew up, we could be like just a few feet from each other, not see each other between mm-hmm. the trees and the bushes. Mm-hmm. That's out a good thing. here, wow. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Cheyenne now has more than 250,000 trees. So they planted 249,088 trees. Yeah, Frank just did math. Holy cow. Now, I will give them credit. You know, I like to go for, when I'm in Cheyenne, I go for walks. And I love walking around these boulevards and avenues, especially in the avenue. Those people in Cheyenne know what I mean by the avenues. Oh, over by Frontier Park there? Oh, man. And just the trees are just amazing. Oh, yeah. Huge or beautiful. So that's a lot of trees to plant over that time. Now, I want to know. Who counted them? Oh, uh, I'll bet you I know how. Yeah. Satellite. Probably, yeah. But no, take so, a, because that's, yeah. You know, how they, that's how they figure out if you're going to get a new school or not. Yeah. They take pictures of neighbors like, um, uh-huh. we need to build a school. So I'm sure a satellite, I'm not sure when they did say, all right, we're going to yeah. count. But that's yeah. 249,888. Sure. Trees. Yeah, just kind of, you take an area, Maybe. how many trees in that area, you kind of extrapolate. So you have to say around, you can't say exactly 250,000, but around, no. them, but yeah. still, that's a lot of trees, and they're now known as a tree city USA and so on. Mm-hmm. Stunningly beautiful. There's a picture I'm looking at here of what Cheyenne looked like. With no trees? Yeah. Just and, dirt. Yes, and, and also all of the roads were just dirt back then, too. And nobody... Lawns were not a thing. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine how bare it absolutely looked back then. Ooh. Yeah. It was really, I Ooh. mean, and now you look at it and it's a nice looking town. I mean, it really is nice looking. I mean, and heavily shaded and so on. And that certainly does help cut down on those windy days, even when there's no leaves on the trees. Just the fact that there's so many trees cuts down on the wind quite a bit. So that's a big change. Now, what I want to do is find out. Between when they first started and now, that's how many trees a day were planted. Oh, I don't know. Good luck with that one. College football from back on Saturday, a really tough loss for the Wyoming Cowboys as they were beaten by the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, 34-27. to The Cowboys had these guys and let the Falcons get away. UW had a 14-point lead at one point in the first quarter, thanks to a one-yard run from quarterback Andrew Pizzi, then a TD catch from Wyatt Whelan. Air Force clawed their way back in the game. They trailed 21-17 at halftime. Meanwhile, the Cowboys in the second half had a really rough go of it on offense with just six points. And the Air Force running game just just pounded away, pounded away, pounded away, chewed up some clock. And then just with over two minutes to go, they got a long run from John Lee Eldridge, 58 yards for a touchdown to make it 34-27. Wyoming proceeded to turn the ball over on downs, and that was that. Cowboys are 5-2 and two overall, 2-1 two and one in Mountain West Conference play. The world is not over for them by any stretch. The Academy is 6-0 and overall, 4-0 and in the league. UW has this week off. They'll be at Boise State a week from Saturday. In high school football, one more regular season week to go. Then the playoffs and the playoff picture is settled, setting up with more clarity now. In 4A, back on Friday, Sheridan drove the Trona 42-7. So Sheridan will be the number one seed in the 4A playoffs. The Trona could be the 3 seed, the 4 seed, or depending on what happens, the 5 seed. Cheyenne East will be the number 2 seed from the four in the 4A playoffs and with a 76-13 
14 win over Cheyenne South. South will not make the postseason. Neither will Laramie. They lost to Rock Springs 21-14. Keller Walls lost to Thunder Basin 57-12. The Trojans will be the 8th seed in the 4A playoffs. Campbell County beats Cheyenne Central 21-20 in overtime. Central will be either the 6th or the 7th seed. In 2A, Glenrock will not make the playoffs. They lost to Newcastle 35-13. Neither will Burns. They lost to Wheatland 54-0. In 1A, 9-man, Pine Bluffs lost for the first time this year. They were beaten by Lingleford Laramie in overtime 31-30 in a great game. In 1A, 6-man, Midwest will not make the postseason. They lost to Matizzi 74-31. Neither will Casper Christian, who lost to Encampment 76-24. Casey is in the 6-man playoffs with a 93-62 win over Hewlett. High School Volleyball first on Friday. Laramie beat Natrona. Kelly Walsh over Riverton. Campbell County defeated Cheyenne East. Thunder, beat, Thunder Basin defeated Cheyenne Central. And Sheridan over Cheyenne South. All three sets to none. And then on Saturday, Laramie beat Sheridan. Natrona beat South. Thunder Basin over East. Campbell County over Central. All in three straight. Major League Baseball. Texas a winner over Houston 2 nothing in the first game of the American League Championship Series. Game 2 this afternoon. And tonight will be game 1 of the National League Championship Series as Philadelphia will take on Arizona. So Casey's in the six-man yeah, they're, they're, they're in the playoffs. there's only yeah. six people in KC. Well, there's more than six because they got nine people on the team. Maybe ten. Oh, maybe ten. Wow. That, so when did they suffer a population boom? Well, they, they, they've always been that the tiny school. Oh, which yeah, is, okay. Which, which is actually huge, a yeah. good thing. But I mean, nine whole people there. Well, for the football team. Yeah. That's just huge there. I don't know what they're going to do with all of those people. Some, some schools have like 15 or 20 for six men. Like, wow. how did you get all those Do kids they have in? enough buildings for all those people? Oh, of course they do. Okay. they got a community center. they got okay. a first class, That's you know. Right. Just they, trying to keep track. I mean, keep, you, you suddenly go, look, a town goes from a population of six to a population of 12. You just double the population of the town. That's huge in Wyoming. Yeah, big, big time, yeah. Remember when the town of Bill suddenly got a couple of extra people moved in, and they were called by the New York Times the fastest-growing town in America. Right, yeah. yeah okay. And all they have is the cafe, and that's all I can see, in trains. That's it, yeah. 